Let's face it. As consumers, we don't know what we don't know. Finances are an intricate puzzle. If you miss even one small piece, it can make a big difference and become out of focus. Welcome to Your Finances, Know You Can with Wesley Forster, President and Senior Financial Strategist at HSI Financial Group. In this podcast, Wes and his dedicated team of financial professionals provide the guidance you need to build your ideal financial lifestyle and reach your goals. Stop flushing money down the drain and losing it needlessly and unnecessarily. Join in as Wes empowers you to arrive at your destination and swap uncertainty for confidence and choose where you want to go. Now, on to the show. Regrets. We've all had a few, but then again, how can we avoid them? And that is what Wes Forster will discuss for 2023 and beyond. I'm Patrice Sikora. And may I ask about the health of your investments? Your plans for retirement may not always perform the way you expect, and you throw in a possible recession. What could happen to those retirement plans? Wes, what could happen to those retirement plans? Yeah, isn't that, you know, uh, and we talk about this a little bit, you and I, but we talk a lot about this at the office. We see it over and over again. So in 30, whatever it is, 39 years of doing this for me, I've seen these things over and over again. It's the same movie. It's like Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood comes out with a, a movie theme and, and it'll be a love story. And they'll just keep repeating that love story because it worked and it got, right? But it's got different actors. It might even have a slightly different name. And then you watch the movie and you go, wait a minute. I thought I saw that movie before. And I think there's a movie called Groundhog Day that does yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And it's right around the corner too. That's right. So, you know, I've seen these these movies before. They come with different actors. They, they got We put different labels on them. As, as David Fingold said in our last uh podcast is that that um how did he put it in terms of of things repeating themselves and so on this this is what happens so we see it so now we know how to how to react to it now <clears throat> this isn't just something what i'm talking about here in terms of this experience this isn't something just happened in the last five ten years it's, it's the same thing over and over and over again there might be this is this is my favorite there there's there, there could be a recession right around the corner there's always oh a recession oh right dear. around the corner. That's it, it. That's just that's a, prog- a natural progression of our of our system, uh, economics in the free world. There's going to be expansion phases. There's going to be recession phases. There's going to be growth. There's going to be the, the retraction state. Everything. It's all. It's a circle. Okay. And it's just how long is that circle going to take to get around full circle? Right. And where is do it, the regrets come in? When do they start? When, when do they, they yeah when, when, when do they, they kick in when do the regrets come in okay so we, let's look at a few in 80 in 83 or pardon me 1987 88 we go back then you and i can go back then and many of the, our listeners can go back then and we know and we can just go ahead and google this too we right? can say we read it someplace yeah we can say we read it somewhere i lived it i was in this business and i remember people chasing certain things yeah. And that back then you didn't really have to chase it because interest rates were getting higher and higher and higher in 88 and 89. It was extremely high. And what we were saying to people back then was, is that, listen, what's going to happen is that these interest rates are going to fall and they're going to fall hard and you're going to get caught when they fall. And the people that, that, that got caught with these things were invested in things that they were locked into. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, then kept chasing it. So, 
let's, I want GICs. I want to get into GICs. So they get into GIC and I liked GICs back then, by, by, by the way, for more than one thing for growth and for, for, uh, security. But then we're getting 10, 12, 13, 14% returns on a five-year GIC or a certificate of deposit in the United States. And I ask people, so what do you think GIC stands for? And go, well, come on, West, guaranteed income certificate, or a guaranteed interest certificate, call it what you will. And I'm saying, no, it stands for go broke safely. <laughs> so what I mean by that is it's, it's, to some it's pretty obvious. They'll figure it out real quick. What's inflation at right now? What's inflation at in the United States? What's it at in Canada? And what can you get from a GIC? So let's well, let's give it numbers. I mean, we're running between sure. eight and eight, nine percent. You're, you're, you're about 8.3, 8.4, something like that. Apparently, I mean, we can't believe some people in, in our institutions and so on and so forth. We won't mention any names here. Uh, but uh, apparently, we're running in that you know high sixes right now. Depends on what you want to put in the basket of goods. You can skew these numbers any way you want. But if you're going to the grocery store and you can see that your groceries are way they're crazy. Young people are struggling yeah. and, and whatnot. You know, you go to the bank and you want to borrow for a, a, a house and you, you you don't qualify. Interest rates and inflation are going through the roof. Okay. So what are GICs giving you? So now your GIC is giving you four, four and a half, five percent, maybe. That means you're going backwards by one and a real rate of return, mm-hmm. real rate of return, not nominal. Nominal is the is the five percent. Real rate is the rate less the inflation, or pardon me, is the rate. Uh, subtracted from inflation so you're going backwards mm-hmm. safely <laughs> okay and and worse yet you're locking yourself in oh but i can get a better rate what i'm getting five percent return no you're, you're you're going backwards you have no chance you've just destroyed your chance of really getting ahead okay but wes here's the thing and this is what I heard in, in 1990, uh, 1998, 1999, especially 99 and leading up to 2000. Right. And now, what was happening in 1999, we had the dot-coms and the biotechs that are going crazy. So you, all you had to do was list. You just had to dot list com. a dot-com, yeah. take it public, and the, the money's rolling in. There's nothing. There's no proof that this thing's going to work or anything like that. And then, we, of course, we know what happens next year. Okay, so you would take a look at. As I say, we take a look at 1988, 89, 90, or pardon me, 1998, 99. 99, right. People are saying to me, uh, we're a little disappointed, you know, and, and I look at, uh, at your returns compared to what I'm getting. I one gentleman come to me, and I don't mind seeing I told you so, because that's what you came, came to me for. He came to me and he bought these two dot-com stocks back then. And uh, yes, they on paper, they were rocketing up. Like, I mean, the returns were crazy. He went out and he, he decided he's going to build a big honking mansion. And oh, uh, he's, an old, he's an older gentleman. And I said, you know, you really got to think about, you really need to think about it, uh, reducing your risk here. Like you're exposed to two different, just two stocks. He says, yeah, but they're doing amazing. And I said, yes, but, you know, that's the time to take your, your gains, your profits and get the heck out. Uh, it, it's high risk. And he said, hmm, well. I got to think about that. Um, he thought so, too long. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not yet. He came back a couple of weeks later and we sat down. He says, well, first of all, a couple of things I want to go over with you, Wes. One, number one was I, if I, t- if I, if I went ahead 
and 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 cash these things out now i'd have a heck of a capital gain i pay a lot of tax on i said well in fact you're absolutely right you would pay upwards of a million dollars plus in taxes on that um uh, and at the time we were doing his taxes we we had uh, warren and i had a uh a an accounting firm and we were doing his taxes for him so we could run a perform on that and he said so that's not very good tax advice and i said well no it, i think it's really good tax advice i don't i don't buy investments based on my tax situation i buy it by base it on on my gains my losses what's my bottom line in this and then the second thing is he says listen i disagree with you i don't think these are high risk oh okay well i mean you know that what you came to me for and i said so you, you gotta do what you gotta do i don't recommend it just for the record and uh i guess that's where we're gonna leave it and that's where we left so yes you're right a few months later those stocks weren't worth a plug nickel imploded completely imploded we all know we know exactly what happened we know that we already know the end of the story before i told it to you but the part that you don't know is that he was right he was a much better tax planner than me because he didn't pay a nickel in tax on those two stocks <laughs> no I no thought, yeah, he did not you know good for you now what would he have been ahead if he'd followed our advice but you see the problem is is that what well, unfortunately uh i don't know if it's because you know we, we we're we're not confident with the advice that we're getting we're not confident with the people that we're dealing with some people i i know this i i get this part where people say i'll oh, experience you are you've been into this business for years and years and years and years but you're not current i can i can assure you that our, that our team at hsi is very current current yes i'm the old guy that somewhat quarterbacks this whole thing but i got my younger guys that are pretty darn sharp and they're very current and in fact i think that there's a lot of things they know that i don't know Mm -hmm. they're they're better at some of these things than i am by a that's long way, shot that's the way it's supposed to be though and that's the way you it's supposed to be and now they're going if i was going solo and that's what we see a lot in our industry if i go on a solo i'd be concerned about wes because he is getting older and he isn't as on top of things as he used to be there's things so now I, the advantage i've got is i can concentrate on the things that i am really good at and they concentrate on the things that they're really good but they're good at most everything so I'm but why do people do this you before we started recording you had yeah. a really good quote there yeah, well, I got to do this. Yeah, yeah. The enemy is a success. I love this. There's a, there's a statistic in here that they throw a number around that I don't, you know, it comes up with, especially it's a little suspicious, but it's probably pretty darn close. First one, the first enemy of success is the comfort zone where people become comfortable doing what they're doing mm -hmm. and they don't like to change, even if the change is positive or beneficial. So, what he's saying is that, that, that there's a tremendous amount of resistance to change. The 80% of the population finds reasons not to change. That's the statistic. So whether it's 70%, I, I, I completely agree with them. It's, it's, it's a high number because I see it all the time. And I get it. I understand it's hard to change. You know, we get stuck in the, our ways. Uh, there's a comfort zone. They, they, we have people come into our office all the time and they'll say to us, I love what you're doing here and what you got and everything else. And then they, a couple of days later, they say, no, we want to stick with the guy. We've been with him for five years or 10 years or 15 years. And, but he's not, he or she is not doing these things for you. You're missing out. I think you're part of the thing is they have to learn something new and they don't want to learn. Well, they want to change. That's right. They don't want to learn. They don't want to change. They think something bad's going to happen. Uh, in most cases these days in, in our industry, nothing bad's going to happen. In our case, we're covering things that the other guy never even thought of before. But more importantly, it's about when we talk about our investments and our and recession, the potential for recession, how it affects our financial plan. Do we even have a financial plan? 
Because if we had a financial plan, we wouldn't be worried. If we had a real financial plan, we wouldn't necessarily be worried about these things. The reason we wouldn't be worried about these things is we know that we're prepared for these things. That's what planning is. It's not about reacting. It's it's about acting, taking an act, making, creating an action plan for it, then being able to look at it and say, yeah, if that happens, because those guys at HSI told me that's going to happen. It's not if it happens, it's when it happens. I know that I'm prepared. I know that I can take advantage of what the markets are doing and the bounces in the markets and things like that. I'm not going to regret doing something stupid that doesn't isn't beneficial to my financial plan, like mm-hmm. locking into something that I can't get out of, okay, and missing out on. So I got people who say, "Oh, I'm just going to park it on the on the in the on the sidelines for now, and then when things start to pick up, you will completely miss it, okay? It'll only be by pure luck." that you will, you will actually get, take advantage of the uptick. And I can tell you, like you and I were talking at the beginning of this, that you, you're, you're going you're gonna to read about it in the paper, and you're going to know you're going to miss it, and missed, you will have missed it, and you're going to regret that. Now, how this is how you're going to regret it. You're going to convince yourself and your spouse and your loved ones that it's okay, you know, I still did the right thing, because you've got to convince yourself that that was the right thing to do, right? I moved to this location because, you know, it was the right thing to do. Right. I loved it in California, but now I live in, in Montana and I'm freezing my butt off, but that was a good move, <laughs> you know, <laughs> until it isn't. Um, Outside but, the comfort zone. What's and, the- then, and then the other one is number two is learned helplessness where people feel I can't do it. Quotation really? marks. I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's, you know, and the third one is the path, the path of least resistance. We all know that one, which okay. is always looking for an easy way to achieve a result, but nothing worthwhile can be achieved easily. And we know that. So the people that we're talking to today, some of them will get what we're talking about. They'll understand it because it's happened to them before. And we've all had regrets with just how do we deal with that regret? Do we talk it away and, 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 you know, brush it under the carpet and, you know, just because I, I got to live with myself, I can't change it. Well, no, actually you can change it. You can make it better. Uh, we talk about, so again, going back to the interest rates and what it's doing to us and what, how is a recession going to affect us? Well, for most of us, the recession isn't going to affect us that much at all. The, and I'm saying the, I'm mm-hmm. not saying a, a the, because mm-hmm. it's going, there's going to be one, right? Whether it's, it's, it's a, an eight-month recession, 12-month recession, 14-month recession, there's going to be one. So, and of course, what is a recession? A recession is two two losing quarters of the GD, in the GDP. But we had uh, that already. Well, you have. Oh, that's right. But, we don't, it, but it, they it, didn't we, clear. They didn't say, oh, that's a recession. So it's, oh, no, it's no, somebody no, else coming in it and doesn't, saying. It doesn't. The reason being, though, is because the the economics, the, the, what, the, what the underlying economics, such as labor shortages in Canada, especially we got labor shortages, tremendous labor shortages, right? But there's some bad things that are happening that, that they're not, they're not, uh, it's, things are not really cohesive in Canada. We've seen it before. We saw it before where we had a, 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 a particular government in power. This is in the early eighties and they spent like crazy, got inflation out of hand. Things came crashing apart. Oh, and just a minute. I think it was the same. Yeah, it's the same guy's father that's in there now. <laughs> no names. No names. No names. And what happens is, is that he spends like a, a, a crazy fool. 
and and drives inflation through the roof. And people, you know, the, the the population, they think, oh, they're helping us, but only to learn months, a few years later that, oh, no, they weren't helping you. Right. Okay. They were helping themselves and their friends. They weren't helping you. And the same thing happened at the same time in the United States in 19, in the early eighties, the very same thing. Inflation got out of hand, had the same kind of government that was running things, spending like a wild fool. And, and that's where they got you, right? Inflation gets out of hand, interest rates go through the roof. And we, and now we're seeing it all over again. Okay. It's not, it's not a good thing. How do we protect ourselves? Okay. That's the key here. How do we protect ourselves in a recession? Well, first, as I say, and I, I sound like a broken record when I talk about the financial plan, you got to have a plan, right? You know, armies have plans when they go in and they, 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 there's military operations, you know, they have a plan. They don't just go in blindly. There's a plan. That's what reduces their risk when they go into war. And that's what we're in. We're in a war. Mm-hmm. with our with our economy we're in a, a war with our money with our our, our our freedom and our welfare and everything else have a plan for goodness sakes okay and when i talk about a financial plan it's very clear it covers all the things that we've talked about in the past before uh you, you're looking at your retirement plans your investment plans your taxes your your risk management and and uh your estate plan those are the five components that make up a financial plan. And, and they're, they're so important, each one of them, because one affects the other. Now, if you've done a very, now some people say, well, I got a lawyer, took care of my wills. Did, the, did they look at the whole, the whole picture? No, they took a boilerplate will and they threw it on a piece of paper, put some names on it, and there's your will. Okay. And those things are a disaster in most cases. They're just a Dargon to the disaster. It annoys me. Your taxes. People have come to you and say, well, you should be investing in this or you should be investing in that. But they've never looked at your taxes to see if how it affects your taxes if you do those things. But most people are doing this, Patrice, or most people are doing that. They're they're inve- in Canada. You're investing in dividends because you have a prefer- preferential tax treatment. You've taken a truth there and you've twisted it. Uh, first of all, most people don't. What most people do that are, are, are savvy investors and know about these things and have a plan, financial plan will look at it and say, is it is our dividends going to be beneficial to me at, at a certain age and the income it creates, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So there's more things. Are dividends bad? Heck no. Are GICs and CDs bad? Heck no. If they're used for the right reason. GICs and CDs should be used for short-term uh, expenditures. So I'm saving up to, to buy a house. All right. Put it in a GIC. Put it in a CD. It's short-term. You have a goal. So I'm going to buy that house in three years. I'm going to buy it in five years. That's the best place to do it. You don't want to see the fluctuations of the market on something you're saving for, mm-hmm. like a large purchase like that. On the other hand, retirement is a long-term thing. Okay. We hope it's going to be long-term. It might be short-term because you're going to make yourself sick worrying about these things that you haven't done it right. And you're going to have all these regrets. Oh, and I hear this all the time. Gee, if I would have kept that disney stock or if i had sold that esso stock or that exxon stock i would you know of course exxon just released their their earnings like yesterday <laughs> they did and they did and pretty good you they, yeah yeah what you're gonna say i was gonna say and they did but uh-huh. at whose i don't know what they said on the call on the, the earnings call there could be something totally different said yeah exactly we'll see we'll see but anyways so the recession is easily 
you can easily defend yourself against it. You can easily defend yourself against uh, inflation, a recession. These are your risks, but they're easy to mitigate. You know, the, the, the biggest risk is you making really bad decisions, listening possibly to the wrong people. So I was going to talk about homeownership. Think about this again for a minute, if you will. And I might have said it on a previous podcast. I got it. It's worth saying again. Think about this for a second. You go out, you buy a house. This is your home. Do you value that home every day like you do your investments? No. Oh, you mean to put a price on it? No, of course no, you, you don't. Go, you don't hire a, a, no. a professional appraiser to come out and value your home every day. <laughs> no. And it's not in the paper what your home's worth today. Okay. Now, if you did, you would see too that your home is fluctuating. Its price is fluctuating too, if you did. And if it fluctuated, it went down. Because in the last, in Canada, in the last uh, several months here, home prices have shrunk some 17%. Mm. Okay. And depending on which region you're in, it could only be 10%, but they've shrunk considerably. Are you running out and selling your home? Heck no. Okay. Now, if on the other hand, you, you're heavily leveraged in that home, you might be thinking twice. Or if you're heavily leveraged in that home and and, and now you got to renew your mortgage, you're freaking out. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely freaking out, okay? Because you may not qualify to, to move it somewhere else. So you're going to be stuck with whatever you get, okay? So, no, you're not selling it. How should I have bought the darn thing in the first place? Was anybody listening four years ago, three years ago? No. You know, they come to us and they say, oh, I'm going to do this. Why are you going to do that? Well, I got to get in right now because if I don't get in, I'm going to miss the boat. Yeah. Okay. So you're right because the, the, the right thing to do, and we all know this when it comes to investing and buying something, is you always want to buy high and sell low. <laughs> That's the way to do it. And of course, I get when I, when I say this publicly, people look at me with this, this look on their face after it sinks in what I just said, and they go, well, that's not how you do it, Wes. <laughs> yeah, but that's how you do it, okay? Because we don't listen to the people. You come to us for guidance, and, and, and it's like going to the doctor. The doctor prescribes the medication, but you know better. You don't take the medication, okay? Or it hurts. It doesn't feel as good. Well, yeah, sometimes there's some pain before there's some gain in, in some cases. I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know about that stuff. I just know what people do. Quit smoking. It's going to be better for your health, but you don't quit smoking. Okay. Quit buying high and selling low because it's bad for your financial health. All right. So you chase that house, you buy it when it's going up, it's, it's very high. You didn't look at that, 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 that very important thing about location, location, location. So now you're having a hard time selling it. You're in over your head with the mortgage. Interest rates are going up. You could lose your job in a recession. Things aren't looking good. You don't have a plan, okay? There's no plan there. What I'm saying is, is it like an invest? It's just like the investment. You go into investments, you chase investments, you get yourself into the wrong one, okay? Because just like on a home, there's location, location, location. Just like an investment, as as David Fingold was talking about, it's about the quality. We're not invested in the markets. We don't invest our clients in the markets, okay? We invest them in companies. That's why we hire guys like David Fingold to manage this. And he's invested in companies. And we brought him on uh, in our last uh, mm -hmm. session. We brought him on so people can understand what he's doing right now to posture us, to take advantage of what's going on right now. 
but it looks like we're going down. So going back to 19, I got to circle all the way back now, going back to 1999, when people are telling me they were doing better in the biotechs and the techs, and Wes, what are you getting? And, and I, I could say right back at the end of 1999, we got a glowing 1% return. And I'll say it to this day. And, 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 and back then, as I say today, I'm damn proud of it. I have no regrets. I don't regret where I put my clients because we had a plan. We were investing in things that nobody wanted. They didn't want the quality companies. They didn't want the, and I don't talk about blue chips, but I'm just talking about good quality companies in their portfolio. Their share prices, Patrice, were getting beat up mm -hmm. tremendously in 1999. Uh, and you can look back, you can look at Wal Walmart, uh, Black & Decker, Great West Life Co., uh, the list goes on and on, and I still remember them to this day. They're all down. They're still. They're all down roughly 25, 30% at that particular moment in time. And that's what we were in. Those quality companies were all of a sudden become not quality companies because they, they're, they're just tried and true. When things are bad, people go to Walmart. That's I right. used to say to people, what I want you to do, and, and, and for that matter, Canadian banks are pretty secure too because of the over-regulation we've got here. And that's where people will go back to for safety, okay? Well, when the techs and the biotechs fell apart in 2000, where did everybody run? What happened to our portfolios? When your portfolio was going down because you were in the wrong thing, location, 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 when those things were, were, were going down 45, 55, 65, 70%, uh, like Northern Telecom, for example, uh, unbelievable. They were going down. People were freaking out. This is my, you know, my entire portfolio gone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And what were we doing? Our, our, we only had that measly 1% return the year before. But the following year, when yours was shrinking out of sight, we were doing a, a, a substantial return in the Walmarts and everything else. Because, of course, then we go into a recession again. And, of course, people are losing their jobs. And when people are losing their jobs, where do you go for groceries? Walmart. Walmart. I say to people, here's what I want you to do when they're freaking out because the biotechs and techs are, are, are hitting the floor. I say, what I want you to do is jump in your car, take a little trip around the city. I want you to stop at this bank. I want you to stop at Walmart. I want you to go to McDonald's and tell me if their doors are closed. Tell me how full their parking lots are. They're not at a business and they're making profits. Banks in Canada, for example, have a license to steal with their fees and everything. Okay. You heard that right here. <laughs> I did. They make lots of money. They make a lot of money, right? So I don't want to invest in the bank. I want to own a part of the bank. So when they make money, I make money. I want to have quality investments. I, when I buy my home, location, location, location. I want to do it right. I don't want to chase the herd. And I want to make changes when changes make sense. Okay. So somebody comes to you and they tell you, if it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Okay. And they're, they're going to put you into something that you're going to be locked into and you can't take advantage of what's going to happen here in, in a short period of time. And when I say a short term period of time, I don't have a crystal ball. So I can't say, Wes, it's going to happen in three months. I don't know. It's going to happen in six months. I don't know. A year from now, quite possibly. Quite possibly, you're going to see some positive things happening. And what is our managers? What our manager is doing? All of them. So we got four managers, typically five managers in our stable. They're posturing us to take advantage of this. 
we, and when it comes to wealth preservation, as I said earlier, we've had wealth preservation all along. This is only going to get better. Okay. What did we, it's the same thing we did in 1989, 88. Uh, and if we go back to then, of course, like I said, interest rates were going through the roof to combat inflation. And, uh, and I'm saying to people, be careful now. Those interest rates are going to come down. And when they come down and you're not prepared for this, it's going to hurt. So when old Mrs. Smith there is getting a, an income of 10% or 12% from her $100,000 GIC back then, so she's getting $12,000 a year, and she's pretty happy with her pensions and everything else. She'd get pretty happy because you get $12,000 from that, that hundred grand. And all of a sudden, interest rates are down to 3%. They fall through the floor. Oh, but Wes, that could never happen. That's oh, like okay. saying that oil prices will never drop down to $30 a barrel. That's like saying housing prices will always continue to go up. No, it happens. And so what we're seeing right now, we're going to see changes again. There's going to be pressures, okay? So there's a number of pressures that go on. We won't, we don't get onto all that, but the bottom line is, is, yes, the interest rates are going up. Our managers are taking advantage of that. There's still amazing companies out there that are in our portfolios. And yes, their, their stock prices aren't, they're get they're being attacked too somewhat right now because the markets aren't doing that that great. They're doing okay right now, but that could just be the calm before another little storm that could happen here shortly. So these companies are doing well. They're still getting profits, but their 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 share prices are beat up a little bit. I'm not the least bit concerned about that. Are you in the right companies? That's what we're concerned about to take advantage of the next bounce. And it's that the bounce is it doesn't just go up in a straight line. It's there's bounces along the way up but you still have to be in the right place at approximately the right time you won't be in there at the right time number one if you're locked into something and number two if you're going to sit on the sidelines and you're going to try and beat the experts you're better at this than they are that's that's a fool's game okay seen it over and over and over again that's why we have the managers to do, to do that for us we take care of everything else, holding your hand, making sure you've got a plan in place, um, going through our infamous checklists. I shouldn't say infamous, mm -hmm. but our checklists to make sure that we've captured all the important things so that you're not losing money and then hopefully guiding you along. I understand the resistance. I understand the fear. That's what moves things in a capitalist sort of a society like ours is fear and greed. Okay. When that fear and greed isn't there, you got nothing. You got nothing. If nobody's trading in the markets, you got nothing. On Go that positive note, though, how can somebody reach you? Because I know listeners are going to say, I got to talk to this guy. Mm -hmm. I hope they say that. Or to one of our or one of our fine uh, planners at HSI Financial Group, like Blake or Devin or Andrew. Uh, so you can contact us at uh, the local number is 403-269-4640. Or they can call us toll free. So we're, we do business in five provinces from BC to Ontario. So if you're in one of those provinces, give us a call at 1-888-816-7020. Now, of course, you can email us at clientcare at hsifinancial.com. And of course, you can, you can email me. I'm Wes at hsifinancial.com. Or you can look us up on the, the, the web and, and uh, it's just hsifinancial.com. And there you are. You can see what we do. You can you can arrange a time to come in and talk to us. Uh, you can come to one of our events. So I think we've got we we got a uh, 
a presentation, a live presentation coming up here shortly, and you'll see that on the website. I'm not going to mention a date right now because I don't know the exact date, but that's coming up shortly. Uh, and we'll have we'll have some of those going every month, May. Uh, uh, pardon me, what am I saying? When I start with May, <laughs> February, <wish>. February, <laughs> March. No, we don't want to wish our wife away. February, <laughs> March, April, May. There's going to be presentations all throughout. We have some special presentations, some education event, that kind of things going on all the time. Look it up, look us up, give us a call. Happy to chat with you. And I just, I just, like I say to folks, you know, doggone it, do yourself a favor so you don't have any regrets. Find somebody that that does this and does a good job, but that they're not just, it's not just uh, a one size fits all. Okay. Make sure you test them. How do they, how can they, how do they, fact check and things like this, this kind of good stuff. And how do they, what, how do they educate themselves? What's the education process? What's their experience? How big of a team do they have? Like I said earlier, if you're one gray hole, gray haired old guy like myself, you might want to rethink who's working for you. Okay. We've got that team there that there's multiple eyes on your plan. We're all looking at it. We're all, we all are concerned that we don't missing anything either. That's why we have the checklist. We have the other professionals that we work with, the lawyers, the accountants. We bring it all together as a team. I mean, this is this is truly a one-stop shop and and um, with plenty of experience to get the job done. But we don't waver. I don't, I don't uh, when the wind blows one way and people are criticizing me for something, we stick to our guns because we know it works. And it's worked over and over again. And it gets you to where you want to go, gets you where you need to go. And that's what's and important. And therefore, you've got that website. People can go there and they can call you. And also, listeners, you can follow this podcast. And if you find it helpful, be sure to share it with friends, too. But thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Your Finances Know You Can, the show that teaches you what you don't know about your finances. Have questions about topics covered during the show? Visit hsifinancial.com, email us at clientcare at hsifinancial.com, or give us a call at 403-269-4640 or 1-888-816-7020. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted does not represent any consumer or individual. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor, qualified financial planner, or qualified service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.